there's been a lot done on the D.C. statehood front. There's been organizing. There's been marching. There's been congressional hearings. But has anyone thought of quilting? Hear me out. I met a woman at a wedding who has started an initiative to get quilting going to help the fight for D.C. statehood to make us the 51st state. And I can't do a great job of explaining this. So Barbara Garlock is joining me now. Good morning. How's it going? It's great. Thanks, Tommy. Good to be here this morning. And uh, I know folks uh, who only have the audio can't see, but I've got a few of the quilts behind me. Well, we'll be sure to put some clips up on the internet as well because the quotes are beautiful. And just to give a little backstory, you and I were both at a wedding in Massachusetts over the summer. And like after dinner, before cake, and as the band was starting, you come up to me and you're like, you're from D.C. I'm from D.C. We're quilting. <laughs> and <Right. laughs> I was like, OK, tell me more. I'm in. How did this all get started? Well, um, I decided in uh, last about a year ago that I wanted to get more involved in statehood work. And I was a member of the League of Women Voters. And I had gone to a few uh, conversations about brainstorming, fun, interesting things to do about statehood to lift the issue, both here in D.C. and across the country, uh, because both D.C. residents and folks across the country don't really understand that we um, are disenfranchised, essentially and don't have full representation. So we thought we'd want to do something educational and the arts always lifts the issue. A little fun fact, Tommy, there are about 10 million quilters in this country huh, who spend I had about- no idea. Oh yeah, we're everywhere. Uh, and it's kind of a thing you do in private, I guess. Um, and there are, I think the Crafts Council says we spend about four to $5 billion a year. So we're a little bit of an economic force. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I realized that the league, league, which is sort of my home, was a really great place to do it because many quilters are women, many quilters are retired and have a lot of time and are open to education. And uh, the League of Women Voters has 500,000 members across the country. And it is nonpartisan. It is not blue, it is not red. It really is, as Gillen will tell you later, all about education and democracy and engaging people in voting and living up to their civic responsibility. I got involved about five years ago. Yulin Zhang is on the board of trustees for the League of Women Voters in D.C. She also ran for Ward 2 Council. We have more than 500,000 members across the country. This is our national league. And the league, uh, the local league in D.C. has been around since 1920. So we've been around for more than 100 years, and National League has been advocating for D.C. statehood since 1938. Quilts for D.C. is, is one of our major initiatives over the, this next year, particularly over this next year. And also over the last few years, as Barbara had mentioned, we've been focusing very much on education. The League has been traveling to more than 30 states and has presented on DC statehood, speaking to not only league, local league members, but also non-members. And what we found is that people across the country, they are hugely in support of DC statehood once they understand what it actually means and what it means to not have full representation. And so that's what we hope to do with the Quilts for DC project uh, led by Barbara, is to make sure that we get the word out to- People in DC, 
are pretty on board with statehood. <laughs> We're all like, yeah, yep. sounds like a great idea. So as you're going out into the country, how are you using quilts as that vehicle to get other people you know, interested in the topic? Well, quilters like to quilt and they like some guidance, but they want to use their creativity. You know, there's a long legacy of quilting being uh, what I guess we would call political. Uh, for hundreds of years, the only voice that most women had in this country was their needle and thread. Uh, and in fact, you know, if you want to go to the DAR Museum right downtown, they have an amazing quilt collection, including quilts supporting Henry Clay and the Whigs and uh, all sorts of political issues. Uh, so this is a long tradition with quilters. And um, we, ha we were taken up on it by uh, over 50 quilters all across the country. All we said was we wanted you to have a quilt uh, that was all textile, that had three layers, because that's what real quilts have. It has a a front, a back, and a sandwich in the middle, and it had to be either tied or, or stitched together. Um, and we gave a size dimension, and these are small, these are poster size quilts. And we said, celebrate the opportunity for DC to be the 51st state, Washington, comma, Douglas Commonwealth. Uh, and then we did some education. Uh, we set up a Facebook group page, we have over 120 members, uh, and we did education. We did fun virtual tours of DC via the Facebook page to show that real people live here, uh, more people than in, as you know, Wyoming or Vermont. Uh, and uh, we pay more taxes per capita and we have all the obligations of citizenship and very limited rights. And uh, we have a virtual gallery that we promised everybody that went live November 1st on the League of Women Voters of DC website, lwvdc.org. Uh, and you can search for that, or you can search for Quilts for DC using the number four, and it'll show up. Uh, and so we have a virtual gallery that's stupendous. And we decided we had so many quilts from out of town uh, that we need a DC residence to see that there are people who care about us. Are you hoping that people will take your challenge in their quilting groups, or you hope they make a quilt and then relatives see it and starts a conversation? It, it seems like it's got this cool grassrootsness in like a Betsy Ross kind of way to it. But how, how do you hope that this gets people talking about statehood? Part of our educational outreach will be taking this to quilt guilds across the country as a Zoom presentation. Uh, and there are thousands and thousands of them all over the country. Uh, and, you know, show people what they can do by creating a quilt challenge that will lift an issue that's important to them. And in the meantime, we're educating them about the issue of DC. And I don't care whether you're, how you're registered as a voter, the polls show, and Yellen can speak to this better, uh, that no matter who you are and what your beliefs are and values in terms of voting, uh, once you hear that there are 700,000 people who pay taxes but have no representation, you're like, horrors, that's un-American. So we really think we can build some support out uh, in the rest of the country. And uh, when we talked at the wedding, I admittedly was a couple glasses of wine into the evening. Oh, but me too. You, you mentioned like the, the constituency of quilters. You know, who are quilters mainly or are they like a, a group that you can you can categorize by demographic? Well, that's a really interesting question because we've had to figure that out. Um, so quilters are what you would consider uh, mostly women, not all. Uh, and you think of them as sort of little old ladies. But uh, just like you think that legal women voters are little old ladies, that's not really true. Um, you, there's a whole in the last 20 years there has been a huge movement of what's called the modern quilt guild. Uh, and there are chapters all over the country. And these are mostly, 
you know, women younger than I am and men younger than I am who have a certain aesthetic. Uh, and it isn't old fashioned quilting. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's more design focused. It looks more, much more modern. Yellen, what did you learn about the demographics and about, you know, the people out there in the country who hear about statehood? Maybe it's not, you know, on their radar who are hearing about it through quilting or hear about it, hearing about it in general. Cause I feel like the, the main Washingtonian group, mm-hmm. we've done, a, we feel all we can do or the most we can do. And we've yelled and screamed and shouted and pointed out that we do in fact have car dealerships and all of the other things. <laughs> and yeah. so like, what, what's the feeling in the country that, that you're learning from your work? I think what's interesting is that first of all, a lot of people are not so aware of the issue of DC statehood. And once they learn about DC statehood, they don't understand fully or know about the intricacies of not having full representation at the highest levels of government. So they might not know that, as Barbara had mentioned, that we pay the highest federal taxes per capita compared to any other state, and yet we don't have a word uh, at the highest levels of government. So, so I think people are at first, they don't understand, they don't, they might not know. And then when they understand, they want to support. One more question on that. Cause you're saying legal women voters is nonpartisan, not red, not yes. blue. What is the reaction from Republicans? And I, by that, I mean, human beings who are Republican voters, not necessarily Republican members of Congress, when you have these conversations with them. I would say that if you were to take the the political partisanship aside, because the league, we are, as Barbara mentioned, we're not all, it's not just women and it's not just one side of the party. It's a broad spectrum of people, diverse backgrounds in all types of, um, from all types of perspectives and all types of perspective thinking. And so when we talk about this, people are purely looking at this from a human rights issue. So we often talk about the fact that the United Nations has come out and said that the fact that we do not have full representation at the highest levels of government, that's a violation of human rights. So that's one perspective. The other part is that- I didn't know that. I'm going to put that little feather in my cap for next time I have this conversation as well. I had no idea about that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, our members represent all different parties. Of course, there are different arguments on the Republican side that talk about one major thing is that they say, they might say it's unconstitutional. Well, it's not unconstitutional. It is fully constitutional. And D.C. can be admitted as the 51st state without a constitutional amendment because D.C., the part that we would cut out is the federal enclave, which would include the White House, the Capitol, the monument, federal buildings. And the other parts that are residential would become the state. So it can be part, uh, it can become a state without a constitutional amendment and just requires majority vote in, in the House and the Senate and presidential approval. Which is how we got West Virginia, which is so ironic. I think West Virginia in particular was uh, came in in a very unconstitutional manner. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, everybody's become a state in a different way for a different reason. There's no um, reason we need two Dakotas. I'm just saying is all. That's my that's my opinion. We we would uh, be fine with one Dakota. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if if Maine wants to become a mass, part of Massachusetts again, God bless them. But you know. great, go for it. <laughs> totally lobsters for everyone in Boston. I'm into it. Poor Yellow is like, what am I doing here? The quotes behind you, Barbara, are beautiful, and you have 20 of them here. You got 30 more on the way. Where can people in DC see them? 
Well, the reason we're having this conversation today, as you know, is we were uh, scheduled to have a, our first kickoff exhibit as part of the 250th uh, anniversary of Dumbarton United Methodist Church, which I think means that they were uh, first became a congregation in 1772. And it's a very interesting, wonderful faith community. And that was just meant to be a one day exhibit and we will be there at some point. Um, we have a few other venues that are we're in conversation with that will be in the uh, district in the, in the spring. Uh, we're very excited and can announce that um, we are uh, going to be have a curated collection uh, in the summer, in July and August, at the foyer that you can see from the street at Arena Stage. Uh, oh. They will be putting on, yeah, they are about to launch a fabulous uh, new show. Uh, it's sort of serendipity for us that it's what they're doing this summer. It is a new musical called American Prophet, and it tells the story of the life of Frederick Douglass. So uh, the confluence of what we've been doing with the quilts and statehood really certainly works with that um, that show, and uh, we're all very excited to be working with them on that. We really want DC residents to know that people care about them, and uh, any tourists who are around, we can educate them, and uh, we are using this as a way to get out there into the field and educate people because art attracts people, um, and it helps lift people's spirits. Um, you know, Tommy, you're a Washingtonian this year with uh, Susan, uh, Suzanne Furstenberg, whose amazing project uh, of flags on the on, yeah. on the Washington Monument grounds really uh, spoke to everybody's hearts, uh, and through that art, uh, really helped heal people. So uh, we see this project as a way to educate and to lift up the issue. And they're um, all available the too on the League of Women Voters DC org gallery. You can scroll through, and it scrolls forever. It just scrolls and scrolls. But do you have a one or two favorite statements? Not that I'm uh, well, big favorites, but are there any that you see? No. Well, well um, uh, Mitty Quinn, who is our member, uh, our quilter and a member of the uh, DUMC, uh, wrote that she loves the city for its architecture, its symbolism, and the people who are drawn to live here. She was inspired by the recent acknowledgement that much of the architecture and symbolism was created and constructed from the blood, sweat, and tears of enslaved persons, many of whom were brought here from Africa. And she uses a chain link pattern created from Kenti cloth as, as a way to do that. So it's really gets you right in the core. Um, one of our quilters, uh, uh, Sandy Hassan, is really uh, was an instigator. And she brought 12 of her quilt guild members, the Weebies, uh, who are from DC, Maryland, Virginia, and it's an African American quilt guild. There's a huge legacy and uh, a history of African American quilters uh, across this country. And uh, they can't stop making quilts for this because for them it's their voice. Uh, and we all know the history of DC uh, and, and what that really means. So uh, one, one of our other groups is uh, a group of, believe it or not, seven fabulous women from the um, Highland Park, Illinois, North Shore chapter of the Daughters of American Revolution. Hmm. And they made a quilt together to celebrate DC statehood and the possibility because they don't think it's right that we do not have a vote. There's a lot of great voices coming through on this. And I, I'll put a link to the uh, gallery and the show notes worth checking out when it comes to arena stage and just, just keeping touch on this. Is there is there ever a world or a situation where people can buy these quilts or they can, you know, support with money if they're not quilters to, to, to get one? Well, thank you for that. We'll keep everybody in the loop. I think that many of these quilts, not all of them, are being donated to us. And I think we as uh, a group at the League uh, need to figure out what we're going to do with them. But they will perhaps be auctioned or sold 
uh, after we finish with all of our um, exhibits. Awesome. Awesome. Barbara Yellen, thank you so much for your time. Thank what you, a, Tommy. What an interesting, cool, cool project. I love, I love this. And I'm so glad uh, our, our, our mutual friend, Jake and Simone's wedding in Massachusetts, um, which may acquire Maine someday, we found out, <laughs> brought us all together. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Yellen. It's been fun. You can see images of the quilts for DC at the League of Women Voters website, lwvdc.org slash quilts, the number four DC gallery. I'll put a link in the show notes. They'll also be on display later this year at Arena Stage in Southwest Washington. And as Barbara hinted, maybe popping up at other locations around the district. I'm Tommy McFly. Thank you for listening to our conversation. You know the drill. Share the podcast. Like, five stars. Leave a nice review even if you feel we didn't deserve it.